Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 1, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I grew up Catholic, and having been Catholic, I know, listen, that Catholic teaching elevates Mary and makes her special above women. You know, the Bible says, blessed are you, somebody help me, among women. The Catholic Church elevates Mary to be above women. As a matter of fact, they teach that Mary was a perpetual virgin. Well, we know that's not true because Mark chapter 13, verse 55, write it down, look it up in your own time, tells us that Jesus had brothers and sisters. So Mary was not a perpetual virgin. The Catholic Church teaches that she was a perpetual virgin and that she was, watch this, a co-redemptress in our salvation. In other words, listen, that she was a co-mediator or that she, are you ready for this? that she helped Jesus in purchasing our salvation. In other words, Mary was on one side of the cross and Jesus was on the other. The Catholic Church also teaches that Mary ascended into heaven, that she died and ascended into heaven, and they call that the Assumption of Mary. Listen, Mary herself, I believe that is a disservice to Mary. And honestly, I really believe that if we could ask Mary today, she would tell you that is inappropriate. That is wrong. As a matter of fact, we know from scripture, are you listening? That Mary herself understood that she needed a savior. How do you know that? Acts chapter one tells us in the upper room, guess who was there praying with the disciples waiting on the power of the Holy Spirit to fall? You guessed it, Mary. Mary knew that she needed a savior just like everyone else. So I believe the Catholics have done a disservice and Mary suffers at the hands of the Catholic, the Catholics, but I also believe on the other side, listen, that Protestants are protesting and going to the extreme and making Mary less than what God calls her. And I've heard Protestants say that Mary is just like any other woman. Listen, Mary is not like any other woman. That's not true. She is the mother of God. Get it straight. Don't get it twisted. Mary is the mother of God. I don't know another woman who has, who has been the mother of God. Now, I know you think your baby's cute. I mean, I've gone to hospital and then people get their little babies. And, oh, the baby is so cute. Oh, it's just angelic. Look, Pastor Rodney, isn't it angelic? And I go... It's interesting. Yes, it, you know, everybody thinks their baby is like God, I mean, angelic. 
Mary is different than any other woman. She is the mother of God. She wasn't like any other woman. You know, it reminds me of this story. I read it to you before. Let me read it to you again. Love this story. This is about this, uh, this little boy, this cute little five-year-old Mexican-American boy. And he's living in East L.A. in the barrio. And he really wanted a skateboard, but his mom and his dad couldn't afford it. Well, they live in this small little apartment. And in the apartment, they have a small little altar set up. And it has candles and pictures of religious settings and a statue of Mary. And so the little boy grabbed his rosary beads and he started praying. And he said, oh, God, please, please, God, it's my birthday. Would you please bring me a skateboard? Everybody has one. Could I have one too? Well, his birthday came and went and no skateboard. Well, Christmas, he, he gets before the altar once again, and he said his Hail Marys, and he said, God, I really, really want a skateboard. Could I have one for Christmas? Well, his parents couldn't afford it, and no skateboard. And about a month later, he once again went before the family altar, lit the candles, and he suddenly reached up, and he grabbed the statue of Mary, and he ran out of sight. And he came back to the altar, and he said, Now, God, if you ever want to see your mother again... Mary, listen, she is the mother of our Savior. And that is important. I mean, think about this. There are things that Mary knows that only Mary knows about Jesus. And when you get to heaven, you can ask her, Mary, tell me, was Jesus like any other baby? I mean, when Jesus was in your womb, did he kick? These are things the Bible doesn't tell us. Did he kick in your stomach? You know, when, when he was in your womb, did, and, and when he came out and as a little toddler, as a little baby, did you lose sleep at night? Did you have morning sickness? Did you have a difficult labor? Mary, did you have a long labor with Jesus? These are the things the Bible doesn't tell us, whether she had a long labor. You know, I think of long labor, and I think of my wife. She had a long labor with Rodney Jr. That boy was big from birth. I was in the, in the room, you know, in the room, and uh, this is probably like TMI. And, and I'm, I'm looking over, and all I see is head. I, I'm like, that boy got the biggest head I ever seen. And then he, Roddy is 10 pounds. He is 10 pounds in birth, 23 and a quarter inches long. So I look over and I see this really big head. And by the way, Elvira had 10 hours of labor. She had like an hour a pound. I said, honey, you didn't have a baby. You had a turkey. That boy was huge and still is. I mean, he fills up the cage. Have you noticed? He's in the cage playing like this. So I look over and I'm like, oh man, a dead head is like, he got like a huge head. And then he's 23 and a quarter inches long. So he's really tall. He's really long. And he keeps coming and coming and coming and coming out. I'm like, good Lord. And then, you know, you give you the baby afterward. And uh, boy, Elvira, that woman, she had that boy with no anesthetic, nothing. I'm like, she gets the superwoman award. And then, and then I said, you know, they bring you the baby and when they bring you, you're like, oh, he's so cute. He's like, and then father and mother are crying. It's such a Kodak moment. And, you know, and, and I, they brought Rodney Jr. to me and Elvira. And I looked at Elvira. I said, honey, I said, you look like you've just been in a fight. 
I mean, her eyes were black. She, I mean, she just really had a really, really tough labor. He was a big, big boy. Mary, how long was a labor? I mean, these things we don't know from Scripture. But Mary is not like any other woman. She is blessed among women, not above women. Notice in verse 29, we better move on. When Mary saw him, notice she was troubled at his saying. Are you looking at verse 29? Are you looking at verse 29? She was troubled at his saying. And remember, Zechariah was troubled at his appearance. Remember last week? Mary was troubled by the words that are coming out of his mouth. And she began to consider what he was saying. And Luke later tells us that she pondered all of these things in her heart. You know, that tells me that Mary, 16, get this, 15, 16 years old, she was a girl of great depth. And the angel said, Mary, don't be afraid for you have found favor with God. And Gabriel says you will conceive, bring forth a son, and you will name him, what saints? Jesus. And Gabriel says three things about Jesus. Number one, if you're taking notes, he shall be great. I mean, think about that. Has anyone, he is great. Can somebody say amen? Amen. He is great. Can somebody say a better amen? amen? Think about this. Has anyone influenced history more than Jesus? No, he is great. And then the second thing Gabriel says is he will be called the son of the highest. Jesus will be the son of Mary, but not only her son, he will also be known as the son of God. And then thirdly, that he will occupy, that he will take possession of the throne of his father, David. He will be the Messiah prophesied to David who has the rightful authority to rule over Israel. And of his kingdom, the Bible says, there will be no end. Well, did you notice? Mary asked a biological question. How will this happen? I've never been intimate with a man. Unlike Zachariah, remember last week, who asked, how do I know you're telling the truth? Mary says, how do I know this will happen. How will this happen? I've never been intimate with a man. You see, Mary believes it's going to happen. She believes in the miracle of the virgin birth. She believes that the Son of God will become the Son of Man. The unseen becomes the seen. God sees from heavenly, God comes from heavenly hiddenness to earthly visibility. The incomprehensible someone becomes the approachable, touchable, understandable Jesus. And the distant becomes near. And the creator becomes the savior, which is the greatest fact of all. And it's unfortunate, saints, listen to me quick. Listen to me. It is unfortunate that there are many so-called ministers who do not believe today in the virgin birth. You know, there are so many so-called ministers who don't believe in the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. We believe here at Calvary Chapel in the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God. Somebody clap your hands and say amen, would you? God's word has no errors. God's word is never wrong. And if you're reading something that seems contradictory in God's word, that only means that you're reading it wrong. Uh, Can you say better amen than that? Hmm. There's a lot of preachers who don't believe that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of preachers who don't believe in the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. 
They don't believe in the physical return to the earth. And yet these same preachers will tell you that they believe in Jesus. Listen, if you don't believe, listen, I say this boldly. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, you don't believe in the same Jesus that I believe in. The virgin birth is important. The virgin birth, listen, of Jesus Christ is particular to Christianity and Christianity alone. You know, there are many myths and legends out there about a God who has sexual relations with a woman and produces offspring. But the idea of a virgin birth is unique to Christianity and it's important. Why? Because listen, if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then his death was good for nothing. And if Jesus were born of two human beings, it doesn't make him a savior. It makes him a martyr. And on the other hand, if he was conceived immaculately by the power of God and the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, then he was sinless and his death on the cross had the power to forgive our sins, which, by the way, is man's greatest need. Do you know? Your greatest need is not money. Your greatest need is not a stronger financial portfolio. Oh, we know that's all failing, so we know that. Your greatest need is not more education. Your greatest need is not a husband. Your greatest need is not a wife. Your greatest need is not more things. Your greatest need, listen to me, please. Your greatest need is the forgiveness of sin. Because I've watched a lot of people take their last breath here on earth. And I have never heard anybody say, and with their last breath on earth, are you listening? I've never heard anybody say, I wish I had made more money. I wish I had gotten more education. I wish I had made more, you know, investments. I've never heard anybody say that. But I've heard many people say, I wish I had given my life to Christ many, many, many years ago. Your greatest need is forgiveness. And get this, because God is smarter than you. He knows that. And somebody once said it like this. They said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But because our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a savior. Our greatest need is forgiveness. If you agree with that, understand that, or breathing, clap your hands. Would you do that? (laughs) Greatest need, forgiveness. And all of this happens because the Holy Spirit came upon a 16-year-old virgin girl. And the power of the highest overshadowed her. And she was a virgin. You know, listen, you can say, you can say that you don't believe in the virgin birth. That's okay. But don't say the Bible doesn't teach it. Because over and over and over again in the scriptures, the Bible teaches it. I think of a very familiar passage, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And she'll call his name, does anybody know? Emmanuel. Emmanuel Emmanuel means what? God with us. You see, you don't have to believe in the virgin birth, but the Bible is clear 
concerning the virgin birth. And then look at verse 37. Look at verse 37. For with God, can you read it with me one more time? For with God, nothing will be impossible. More literally, if you're taking notes, write this in your margin. For no word of God shall be powerless. For no word of God shall be powerless. God will absolutely perform what he said. Now remember, listen, give me your attention. Context, 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 context. How many people love this verse? And they will tell you, for with God, nothing is impossible. I am claiming a $5 million house. For with God, nothing is impossible. They love this verse. For with God, nothing is impossible. I think I'm going to claim a pink polka dot Cadillac. Why? But with God, nothing is impossible. And they quote this, remember, for with God, nothing is impossible. Listen, remember, the context is what? Mary, you are going to conceive and you are going to bring into the world, give birth to the Messiah. And Mary exhibit A to prove it. Listen, nothing with God is impossible. It's happened before. It just happened six months ago with Elizabeth, who is now pregnant right now with John the Baptist. For with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible according to what he said he would do. Y'all not getting me. Nothing is impossible concerning what his word said he would do. Nowhere in the word does he say he's going to give you a pink polka dotted Cadillac. Now somebody say amen. Nowhere in this word does it say God will give you anything material. He says he will supply all your needs, not all your greed, according to his riches and glory. Now somebody say amen. Are you with me? Nothing is impossible according to his word. I just want to clear that up. Let's move on. Verse 38, notice, go ahead and look at it again, if you will. Notice Mary's response. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now quickly, listen This is a bold, mature statement on Mary's part. I mean, think about it. Again, she's 15 or 16 years old. She's a little Jewish girl in a little Jewish community, and she's pregnant. And Mary is smart because she knew people would whisper. She knew people would mock. She knew her friends would mock, and her friends would talk about her. She knew what her family would say. And to top things off, now she's got to go tell Joe. And so she says, Joe, I got some good news and some bad news. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the bad news first. Somebody say, I got some good news. I'm like, give me the bad news. Because once I get the bad news, and then I want to kill myself, then I say, give me the good news. And that kind of lifts me up. And it's kind of like, you know, it balances things out. It's, it's a method to the madness. Joe? I got some good news and some bad news. Joe says, well, give me the bad news first. I'm pregnant and the baby ain't yours. Joe says, you know what? That sounds like some Jerry Springer stuff right there. I don't know about all that now. 
He said, give me the good news. Well, and the good news is, listen, the baby, Joe, listen, this is great news. The baby is the savior of the world. And he's like, you are ready for Dorothea Dix. I mean, these are hard things to believe. She knew her community. She's a smart girl. Are you with me? She knew her community would ostracize her. Her mom and her dad would doubt her. Joseph would probably, possibly leave her. And yet, she says, this blows me away. Let it be according to your word. Even in the face of suffering, please listen to me. Even in the face of suffering and trial and ostracism and mocking, and rejection, and people think you're crazy, people think you've lost your mind, you're 16 years old, you're having a baby that's worse, that's bad enough, but now you claim that he's the son of God himself? And you say, God, in the face of all of that insurmountable rejection, let it be according to your word. Can I ask you, can you say that in the face of whatever it is you're going through? Pastor, you don't know. I don't know. But you know, and God knows. But can you say, God, let it be according to your word. Whatever God has for you to go through, remember the word through. Did you hear me? You're going through it. We're going through a valley. That means we're passing through and going somewhere else. Can you say, God, let it be according to your word. Like this girl, I find an incredible depth. You know, when you read the Bible, you read the words, but then I call the white space, and then I call behind what the words say. What is really being said behind all that? And what is being understood behind all that? And what I understand behind all of this is that Mary was a young girl of great maturity and great depth and great character and great love for God and great submission to God unparalleled to anyone or anything else. Lord, let it be according to your word. And she was pregnant. And she conceived. And we don't know the exact moment that Jesus was conceived. It could have been when Gabriel began to speak. It could have been soon after that. But whenever it was, listen, whenever Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, I don't know, quite honestly, folks, I don't care. The thing I do care about is the fact that he was conceived. Can you clap your hands and say amen? And the fact that he came into the world. I don't understand it. I don't, listen to me. I don't understand a virgin birth. Well, what about the virgin birth? What about it? Well, tell me, you understand a virgin birth? No, I don't. You believe in virgin birth? Yes, I do. But you don't understand? No, I don't. But there's a lot of things that I don't understand. And I believe in them. Listen, I believe in lights. Hello. I don't understand electricity. 
I walk in the room, I don't stand at the, the switch on box and go, now, let me figure out exactly how this thing works. I don't do that. I walk in the room, I don't understand it. I fit the lights on, they come on. Great. If they don't come on, call an electrician, call somebody, because I don't know what to do. I don't understand how cars work. I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't understand anything about cars. I get in them and start them up. If they don't start, I call my friend. Period is that. I don't even know how to change oil. I need my oil changed. Anybody know how to change oil? I don't know how to do these things. There's many things that, listen, here's my point. There are many things that we don't understand and yet we take advantage of them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I don't understand the virgin birth. And I don't understand the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus. And I don't understand some of the details of his return to the earth. But all I do know is that the Bible does teach them. And all I do know is although I don't understand them, I am glad that they happen. And I'm glad. I'll wait while you clap your hands. I'll wait. That's okay. And I'm glad. And I'm glad that Mary conceived. And I'm glad that she brought the Savior of the world into the world. And I'm glad, as sad as it is, that Jesus suffered, bled, and died in my place. I'm glad about that. He did it for me. Somebody once said, Jesus paid it all, all to him. I owe. I don't understand it. I don't know that I'd do it. But I'm glad that he did. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 3.16, great is the mystery of godliness. There's a lot of things we don't understand, but there are many things that we can be thankful for. Can you say amen and clap your hands for Jesus? Would you do that? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.